Hello and welcome to the Alcohol Free Vibes podcast, a high vibe space where we talk about all things spirituality, manifestation, raising our vibrations and walking away from the manifestation block that is alcohol. Whether you're newly sober, sober curious or you've been sober for a long time, this is the place for you if you want to learn more about spirituality, manifestation and how letting go of alcohol can make you so much more powerful at manifesting. It's time to stop drinking, start living, raise our vibrations and step into our manifestation power. Let's get started. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Alcohol Free Vibes podcast. And I join you today feeling tired but happy, having attended a lovely wedding yesterday in Liverpool. So I'd like to say congratulations to my lovely friends, Hannah and Dan Toombs, and thank you for having me at your wedding yesterday. It was quite interesting when I was at this wedding. I turned up on my own and I'm one of those weird people that I really don't mind doing things like that on my own because I am very extroverted and I don't mind speaking to new people and just making friends with people. And I know that's quite unusual, but that's just something that doesn't really bother me. So I turned up and I was speaking to lots of new people. And of course, everyone was asking me, how do you know Hannah and Dan? And I was marvelling at the reason why I know Hannah and Dan. So I know Hannah basically because Hannah and I are both sober and because we both did Catherine Zinkina's Manifestation Babe Academy online course. And we met through that because we had to get into accountability groups um, by going onto her Facebook page and, and basically asking people if they would like to be in a group with us and I put on her Facebook page that I would like to be in a group with someone who's sober and Hannah instantly replied and said I'm sober I'll be in a group with you. We formed a group of four ladies, four girls, ladies, women and this was in 2021 I think and we're now in 2024 and we all still speak. We all got really close, Uh, we shared lots and lots of things and and I was invited so close that I was invited to Hannah's wedding yesterday. And if you listen to my podcast a lot, you will probably recognise the name Hannah because Hannah has been on the podcast a few times now. I am actually going to invite her back to talk about manifesting love because she she is so into manifestation and she really has manifested everything that she asked for. So she is going to be coming back on to talk about manifesting love in the, in the next week or so. But in today's episode, I am interviewing the lovely Sophie. Now, you may well have heard of her name as well because she has been on before. Sophie is one of my lovely clients and now also a friend. And she is coming on to talk about when things go quote unquote wrong, when we slip up on our sober journey. And I think this is such a helpful thing to talk about at this point in January, because it's so common to slip up during dry January. And as I've said many a time, I never completed one when I was a drinker. (laughs) I found it so hard. And obviously I complete one every year now that I'm completely sober. But 
A part of the journey of becoming alcohol free involves twists and turns and learning and and stumbles. And Sophie had an experience recently that really caught her unawares. She had been sober for quite a long time and it really, the universe really threw her a curveball. And I'm so grateful to her and so proud of her for being so brave to come on and talk about that because it's really important that we we do this because there's so many other people in similar situations out there that will feel comforted from what she tells you and also inspired um, about how she pulled it back so, so quickly. Before we do introduce the lovely Sophie, just to remind you that if you do want to have a chat with me about one-to-one coaching options, but you're not sure, that's okay um, because I offer a free discovery call with no obligation. So if you just wanted to meet with me, have a half an hour chat online, uh, talk to me about what's going on for you uh, so I can look at some different options that might work for you don't feel that you would have to sign up after that. So if you did want to book a free discovery call just to have a a kind of feel through like what might work for you, then please do send me an email to thrive at coachingbyannika.co.uk. Annika is spelled A-N-N-E-K-A. And now without further ado, let's welcome the lovely Sophie for this very, very important conversation. Hello Sophie, how are you today? I am very good, thank you Annika. I am so pleased to have you on the podcast. So people who listen regularly may well recognise your voice because you have been on a few times. You are a, a dear a dear friend and a long-standing client of mine. Um, and Sophie, is. I've, it's been such a pleasure to watch you on your alcohol-free journey and you've You've come on leaps and bounds and I've watched you get happier and happier. And we're coming on today to talk about something very raw, very real, very honest, and hopefully very supportive for everyone listening. And and actually many people may be feeling like they need to hear this right now, having just failed at dry January, which, by the way, I never, never successfully completed one when I was a drinker. Um, And we're going to be talking about the topic of relapse today. And Sophie has very kindly um, volunteered to come on and talk about a recent experience that she has had. So Sophie, um, would you like to begin by ex- like letting people know what, what your recent experience has been um, and yeah, what, what happened for you? Yeah, sure. Oh, thank you. You're very sweet. <laughs> um, yes. So, well, just a little back history because I'm going to refer to two different things basically. Um, because uh, so I uh, the first time I um, seriously went sober I was nearly sober for four years as you know Uh, but a lot of which was it was great but a lot of it was white knuckling it and in reflection I didn't do it I certainly didn't do it for myself Mm. Um, I did it for my family Um, so I didn't really want to be sober for the first start of it and then I was seeing the benefits but it was still a lot of white knuckling um and after nearly four years I went back to drinking I'm I'm very um I don't love the word relapse and I don't love the word that was a because slip to me doesn't sound very uh, you know it was disastrous for me so Mm. a slip sounds like I'm giving myself an easy time Mm. and relapse 
I don't know. Um, yeah, I hear you. Um, yeah. well, what was it? Would a better word be wobble? Um, or no, what would you prefer? Again, it sounds serious enough. Anyway, I'll just call it start drinking again. So last, yeah. um, so nearly four years um, sober, started drinking again and drank for like six months and it was miserable and horrible. And that's when I found you. Um, and so um, the last year's sobriety, I, I, I mentioned it because it's very, very different what happened mm. uh, to me just before Christmas. Um, so I'd been sober um, for just over a year um, and I had done your um, Sober and Soulful uh, course and, and learned so much, so much from that, um, become really involved in Sober Instagram and listened to so many podcasts and so much um, information and books about alcohol and its effects. So really, really embedded in me was this understanding of um, alcohol and its effects on me mm. as well as and this has been a the big big shift for me um, just getting to know myself a lot more mm. so that's been absolutely massive for me so yes yeah, so then rewind um, to just before Christmas so I was very happily and also I think so if I um when I was newly sober yeah um and I was regularly going to AA meetings I didn't want to hear or see any people who had relapsed because it made me feel really vulnerable yeah like, like it hadn't worked you know in commas, and that even after being sober these people still secretly wanted to drink and that they felt like they were missing out. That's that's how I felt when I was first sober, you know, five years ago or whatever. Um, but this time, this time when I started drinking, it was very different. I it was yeah. So I'd gone away for the night. It was my goddaughter's eighteenth um, birthday party. I knew I didn't I didn't feel safe going because yeah. it was going to a friend who. Um, She's a very, very close, dear, long-standing friend of mine, but someone who doesn't understand that I have, um, you know, I, I don't want to drink and I can't drink and I, you know. So when I see her, I very much see her on my terms and things, that, places that I feel comfortable with, which tends to be in the day or with my kids around. Anyway, long and short of it is I didn't feel like I could get out of it because I'd said I was going, even though I was feeling... I wasn't thinking I was going to drink, but I definitely was feeling uncomfortable about staying the night because when I go out in the evenings, mm. which I, you know, I was doing now, um, after about a couple of hours, I know, you know, I know my limits. I know I don't want to see anyone drunk. I want to catch people and then I'll leave. So yeah. that's what I do. And that wasn't the case. I knew I was staying the night. So if I'm really honest, I... I think I was thinking I wasn't I wasn't planning to drink, but the big difference, um, the big the problem. So the problem was um, that because I'd had this year yeah. where so happily sober, you know, it's all sort of clicked into play, as you know, you yeah. know, all place for me. Yeah. And it wasn't like I was secretly sick, secretly thinking, oh, I'm probably OK now. Yeah. I was mixing up, I think um 
not caring about alcohol. I think I've said this to you before. It, it just wasn't focused. It wasn't on my radar. It hasn't been on my radar for, for a while. I stay away from it and I don't like being around drunk people, but I think I was forgetting its power. Yeah. You know, forgetting its effect on me. I was forgetting that it's still really dangerous. I suppose that's yeah. what I'm saying. Um, and so when a, a glass was shoved in my hand, instead of putting it down, I, 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 I was thinking, oh, well, I'll just have this glass because I don't quite know what to do. Yeah. But I was thinking, I'll just have this glass. Yeah. You know, for a second, I was back in. It's, it takes so long, I think, to reprogram our brains mm. that I'd forgot for a second that I know mm. that I can't, you know, that that doesn't work for me. I've never just had a glass. Never. Mm. So but the, just that second, I kind of forgot or, I don't know, ignored it or whatever. But after that first glass, it was like my head had been taken off and a different head had been put on because all my sense then literally disappeared. Then I was just on a roll. I wasn't thinking about anything. And it, that that addictive substance had a, like a grip on me straight away back to drinking, 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 drinking. And what you're describing there really is, is you know, that you weren't craving it. You love being alcohol free, but actually what there's a little bit of fading effect bias going on there and a little bit of um, kind of what we'd call porous boundaries in that somebody put it in your hand and a kind of ple people pleasing behavior in you thought, well, I don't like it anymore anyway. I literally have no, no want to drink this. So if I just people please and drink this one glass, it, I don't care. Like I, I don't want it. Um, yeah. and, and that logic, which is understandable, led you to drink it. But then, of course, all your old neural pathways light up like a Christmas tree. And, and you're like, oh, wow, I feel out of control again. It's scary, isn't it? Right. Yeah, I mean, it was incredible because I remember I was actually drinking it thinking, oh, God, this is poison. Yeah. You know, really not very good for me because I've been, you know, my body is a temple. I've been so healthy. And so and I was drinking it thinking, oh, God, this is really not very nice. And then it just switched to, yes, I want more. I want more. I'm a, you know, and I remember that that feeling. And it, you're right. It's exactly what happened. It was just like, da, 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 da. Bang, 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 bang. But, you know, we as a culture, we're just surrounded by it all the time. And in, in situations where it looks totally harmless, you know, actually I was feeling a little bit uncomfortable because I don't like seeing young people drink, you know. And but they was all seemed sort of, you know, it just it was just a really weird situation to be in being surrounded by a lot of very young people drinking, which I thought, oh, no, that doesn't feel nice. And actually, I continued to not feel very nice um, through the evening, actually. Um, and actually, what you're describing there is the crazy amount of social brainwashing and normalization yeah. there is around this drug that we are socially conditioned to take. And, you know, even, even though you have de-brainwashed yourself in so many ways, there are always situations where we might for a moment just be sucked back into that. Oh, but everyone does it, but it's okay because we're all doing it, aren't we? And, yeah. and then you kind of go, Oh, okay, maybe we are. And then, 
no, it unfolds. It is. It is crazy because, yeah, you, we are. We're surrounded by, oh, go on. Oh, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. And in my normal day-to-day -day life, uh, I'm aware enough to, I mean, I'm not blaming anyone else for this. You know, I did it. But I have massive regrets about it. So, um, so let me tell you what happened. So, yes. So then I came home and I was full of regret and, um, and then just shame and because you know I've, I've been not drinking for a year I I've got two daughters and so the thought of them knowing and it was just all too much for me carried on drinking that day um and then I was like oh no you know my actually what happened so when I've gone to try and get sober before when I've you know had a bit of sobriety and then started drinking again when I've started drinking again it's just carried on going on and on and on mm -hmm. you know for weeks or months or because I found it impossible to get out of that situation and that's because I have so much shame around mm -hmm. drinking that I'm very quickly pulled into this you know wheel of oh, I've got so much shame. Oh, I can't deal with it. Oh, no. And then um, all I want to do is numb. And the only thing I'm going to be able to do that is with alcohol. And then I'll drink again. And then I get stuck in this cycle, cycle, cycle. But what happened this time, having had a year of really, really, because I think, you know, you, I really needed those really strong roots. Yeah. Before I was like a little bush that just got washed away and blown down and that was it but I my voice was a lot louder yeah because myself better and I was saying to you wasn't I I, I actually love myself now and I I mean I think that's the first time I've said that actually because I keep on saying I like myself I do love myself you yeah. know I, I've gone through a lot of shit but um I am um, I'm actually proud of myself for the amount of time that I've had sober you know the fact that I've been more sober than not sober through my children growing up I feel so blessed for that um and you know I think it's very easy when you have a you, you start drinking a relapse slip whatever you want to call it to get into this awful because you it's it's such a depressant anyway you just I just get into this place where I feel like oh god I'm back to square one oh what's the bloody point you know I smashed one window of the car I might as well smash all the windows that's that's the logic it just doesn't make any sense so just to carry on drinking to carry on drinking but actually this time I thought okay this is awful but I am not going back to this place because I don't want to drink you know it's the difference between having a little affair um or having a long affair that you don't know isn't right but you still really fancy them but to this was like a horrible one night stand where I woke up and went oh yeah you're disgusting I don't want anything to do with you so maybe you know yeah literally that's what it felt like but I'm very wary of saying that because I as I said I think there's there is so much shroud like there's so much involved in talking about relapse and I know that I'm, I'm very conscious of um anyone thinking oh well if I if I, then you know if I stop drinking as long as I've read all the books then I and I can just have a, a little time drinking again and go back like but I, what I, I can't hand on heart say that I could have come out of it that quickly had it not been 
the living in a you know if I'd be my, by myself I, I you know I don't know I'm being honest I don't and know what actually what what was really interesting when we were talking about it before was you know you are so able to see that you never went back to square one because all of that wonderful work that we've we've done in the last year and that you've done on yourself and all of that self-love that you've grown was the reason why you were able to to say to yourself I love you more than this you were able to say to yourself okay stop we don't have to do this anymore and I remember you telling me that and and saying you know I wouldn't have been able to do that before and and this time I I could advocate for myself in in the middle of this drunken moment and and say I don't have to do it anymore and actually your comeback rate the way that you pulled yourself out of that so quickly and and without you didn't reach out you didn't ask anyone to help you you were able to do that for yourself that just shows you never you've not gone back to square one at all that that horrible test showed you actually how far you've come that you were able to go no not doing it absolutely no it's exactly what happened yeah I mean it's it actually touches me uh, there the, what I told you I, that that night when I was back at home and in bed I was lying on my back looking up at my ceiling yeah saying out loud to myself it's okay. You're going to be okay. You can get out of this. It's okay. You're going to, and I kept on, I was repeating it and repeating it. I was probably still drunk. I can't even hardly, you know, I don't know what, what bit. Oh yeah. I would have been still drinking that night. Um, but I was be, I was being kind to myself. You know, I was, I wasn't, I wasn't going into this, Oh God, I can't even bear to be with you place, which it was my default. I was just going, no, I, I just need to get out. Yeah. And I'm I'm so proud of you because you didn't tell me about <clears throat> about what happened until afterwards when you'd pulled yourself out. And that's what every coach wants. I think what every authentic coach wants is to give people um, a leg up so that they can do that for themselves. And you didn't need to say, come and help me, come and fix me. No, you pulled yourself out of it. He let me know afterwards. Oh, it happened. I was able to Talk to my talk myself off the edge of the cliff if you like. And yeah. Celebrate that you could you would you could do that. So I know one hundred percent that there are people listening to this right now who have failed at dry January, who who might have um, actually been sober for a while and, and and then had a drink or however long it is. You are a fountain of knowledge now for them, and you you are their advocate and you are their their guide that if, if you're listening to this now and and you feel like I'm talking to you there is a reason why you're listening to this podcast now there are no such things as coincidences Sophie please give the people that we're talking about some tips some advice what what would what would you suggest that they do to pull themselves through and carry on being alcohol free oh wow I love that and I I feel the same way I mean obviously when you asked me to come on I was thinking actually no I wasn't I uh, I didn't think, oh, God. Well, I did. I just thought, yeah. oh, this is a big responsibility. I want to say everything. Yeah. I didn't think I don't want to. Yeah. Uh, because I know how important it is. And I agree with you. If you are listening to this, you're listening to this for a reason. And if there's anything that I can say that will help, that's, that's amazing. So let me think what I want to say. <laughs> yeah. I would say, yeah, number one, 
And this is very easily said, but I'm gonna tell you why, how you can do it. So number one, I would say, try not to beat yourself up about it. When mm. people used to say that to me, I'd be like, how do you do that? <laughs> I found the way of doing that was, you know, spending a bit of time with myself. Again, you don't want to do that either when you've when you've been drinking because you just feel like you hate yourself, but you don't hate yourself. Remind yeah. yourself you don't hate yourself. Yeah. Talk to yourself. You know, talk to yourself like you would if this had happened to your best friend. You wouldn't talk to them in any kind of negative way. You'd want to give them encouragement and some some motivation to yeah get back into a good life sorry that's my dog barking um I'd say don't be fooled that having a drink is the only thing that's going to make you feel better Mm. because that's not what it's doing it's numbing you so you don't feel so you can feel later on and it'll feel a lot worse so it's a very very tricky thing to um navigate but don't be fooled by it because it's not it's not making you feel better it's actually gonna just delay making it feel worse I'd say if you can just get to bed however early just get to bed and get a couple of days under your belt you'll start feeling um a bit better oh the first thing I would say is don't keep it to yourself you know I did something maybe a little bit extreme that night or the next day, I w- I've got a sober Instagram account. So I went straight on it and said, this has happened. I'm not saying this to feel sorry for myself. I'm sa- telling it to be truthful and because I want to get back in into... Yeah, like make yourself accountable. Kind yeah, of. exactly. Yeah. So I did that. I told my family, tell, tell people. Because again, in my experience, when I've kept it a secret... It's because I um, didn't want people to think that it was a problem, either because I didn't want people to, yeah, think that I really had a drinking problem or because I wanted an excuse to be able to go back to it if I if I wanted to or because I had a sh- shame about either not drinking, drinking or drinking, you know. So I think telling people is useful, mm. um, pe- people that you can trust. Yeah. Um, and I would say um, force yourself um, to fast forward because that was such a, a major, massive thing that helped me this time. I didn't even know about trying to do this last time I was trying to get sober, but it is incredibly helpful to just pause and think logically to yourself what is going to happen if I have just a drink now to just make myself feel a little bit better Mm. just one drink just to what is the likelihood of that actually happening because that never ever that never never ever happened with me I would think I just want one drink to just take the edge off and then I would be back down to the shops buying a bottle I drink that then I'd be back down to the shops so just really really if you can try and fast forward that button to 
what's actually going to happen if I do have a drink now? Yeah. Because and you're being probably realistic with yourself and honest with yourself about that. Yeah. Really, really. Yeah, being honest with yourself. I mean, I took years and years to to be honest with myself because, and I, I think the main reason being that um, I didn't use, I used to be able to, I mean, I don't like talking in the terms of addiction or mm. alcoholic because yeah, as far as I'm concerned, it's the alcohol with the problem, not yeah, me. I agree, yeah. Different effects on different people. Yes, I get this from the master, you. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, but where, so in my twenties, I could pick it up and put it down. So I, you know, I didn't have, I had, a, when I say more control over it, it wasn't so important in my life. Yeah. And I could stop after a few and it didn't have repercussions and all of these kind of things. And in my early thirties still. So I spent so much time thinking, well, I didn't used to have a problem. It's not like, you know, I'd go to lots of AA meetings and they'd be like, you know, I was started drinking when I was 12 and had bottles of whiskey under my bed when I was 15. You know, I didn't have that kind of mm. um, experience with it. So it was a very good excuse for me to think, oh, well, okay, yeah, no, I'm not like all of you. No, I'm I'm just going to have a bit of time off mm. and um, and then I'll probably be fixed. Then I'm surely those neural paths, I know you can change neural paths after, you know, a couple of months or whatever, they'll, they'll just be fixed and I'll be able to do it. But in my experience, that is not the case. I have tried and trusted, tested this, folks, and this is what ha has happened to me, having not been a serious drinker until, like, when I say serious, I mean, you know, it's sort of like... Being totally out of control, yeah. took over me. Very, very slowly, before I could even notice, I was I was a very sociable, go out and drink, don't think about it. And when I wasn't doing that in my 20s and in my early 30s, then I had kids and then it went to mm, drinking a bit more, it becoming more important when they went to bed or oh, into drinking. Yeah, actually, now I want a, a whole bottle of wine. And then overnight, it was one bottle to two bottles. Mm. And then. I was in at the and I'd you know go through periods of being able to cut it down or not drink at all or try and moderate but I could never moderate because it was just a daily negotiation with my head it's just all consuming the whole time so it creeps up on you and it doesn't it doesn't necessarily have to have been that it's always been there yeah it's you know it's it's definitely progressive but what was my point what was I going to say to you yes yeah, so um Ever since it's been like that it, in my th like late thirties, early forties, um, whenever I have gone back to drinking, I will end up in exactly the same position that I was in my worst time of drinking. I think that's so helpful because you know we we've the addictive voice, which lots of people like to call the wine witch, which is essentially your dopamine pathway, will always try and give us really clever reasons, right, as to why we can drink. And yeah, so many people have the same thing. So it's really helpful that you've brought this up. You know, we think back to when we first started drinking and when when, when our drinking was was newer and much more under control. We start to spin this story like, well, well if I drank like that once, why can't I drink like that now? But it doesn't work like that 
alcohol or drug dependency doesn't work like that. That was when you were less dependent on it. That's when you hadn't made the neural pathways that you have around um, your addictive behavior. Um, and we don't delete neural pathways. We only overwrite them. So when we do pick that drink up again, and I've had this experience myself when I had periods of not drinking and then starting drinking again, hoping I'd quote unquote reset myself. And as soon as you pick that drink up, you go exactly back to where you took left off, which is drinking a bottle of wine or two bottles of wine a night and um, yeah, going exactly back to where you were. And it's, it's scary. Um, But the, the positive thing is um, that it, it doesn't have to be a lifetime of being in prison because what we're really describing here, you know, when we're in these addictive cycles with alcohol or anything else is a prison where we're not in control, where we're a slave to alcohol. And actually the year that you had before, I would just say this is a huge test from the universe. Um, And sometimes we have to run back into the fire and get burnt one last time just to really, really lay down all the learning that we need to, to move forward. And I know you've taken loads of wisdom and loads of learning from this, but the year that you had leading up to this and, and the time that's now happened since, I would say you would agree, right? It's not it's not that you're being restrictive. You have experienced true freedom, true bliss, true happiness because you haven't had to drink anymore, right? Oh, God, yeah. I mean, yeah. as as I said, I'm being careful with my words, but what I want to say is I feel stronger now than ever because I've, I feel like I've got the... Pu- final little chink in the jigsaw which is um yeah that that I can never have that fading effect bias yeah I can never happen again will it no it won't happen again but it was like I had to be stung by a bee and then I had to be stung by a hornet you know it's like it's always going to be like that if I put my finger on a on a bee you know, just just don't. I don't need to put my finger on a bee. I don't want to put my bloody finger on a bee. Of course, I don't. Why would I? And this is not an invitation to people to go and have one last drink because they no. think you know. But but what it is actually reminding everyone is that everything is happening for us, not to us. And if you have had a, a experience similar to Sophie's recently, let's flip the script and instead of shaming ourselves, instead say. I obviously divinely really, really needed that to happen. There was something in that that was a great lesson to help me to move forward. And I know that's how you feel about this experience. And I I really feel like actually anything that quote unquote goes wrong or feels horrible in life is, is another form of that of, for a different manifestation. And when we get to see all of our uncomfortable experiences as are truly healing moments we can really take the learning and move forward and I'd say that was like your final healing rite of passage in terms of you're like signed and stamped now and you're like okay not like there's some conclusions and some finality in that that blip that you had or that drinking episode as we could call it that that's left you feeling more strong and more um determined not even I don't think the word determines right because you don't need to be determined you, you're back to your blissful contentment um not drinking and 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 you know what maybe you were divinely meant to do that just because so that you could hold a, a torch and a candle for the other people who might be about that or just done that um yeah, I really know. yeah no absolutely I absolutely 100% agree with everything you've said 
and you know what I learned from from you in fact was and I live in is you don't you don't need willpower to not do something that you don't want to do <laughs> you know I don't want to do it so yeah. I don't need willpower to not eat you know um Food. peanut butter if I'm allergic to peanut butter I don't eat peanut butter yeah and I don't need willpower not to lick the pavement I just I just don't want to do it yeah exactly and it's like that it's just disgusting honestly yeah so I very very I felt the word that the only word I could I could even muster up after it all happened and I came out the other side and I felt so so strong was just relief Mm. I felt so much relief that I felt like that yeah. about it, rather than, oh, yeah, oh, that was fun. Yeah, let's go and do that for a while. No way. Why? I'm so much happier, so much stronger, so much more awake, so much more alive, so much more excited about life when I'm sober. And, and this, is, this is the version of me I want. Yeah. And I love how no one, not even the most manipulative, clever person in the world now could could convince you that you they're part of you want to drink because that experience just showed you on no level do you want one and no one can ever take that away from you now exactly yeah oh hooray You're so <laughs> inspiring um is there i know you made a few notes on some important things you wanted people to know is there anything else that you would like to add before we finish up today um I don't think so um let me just have a little look you can obviously cut this bit out <laughs> cut out anything by the way <laughs> I won't cut out anything at all <laughs> oh You're no please as wonderful as you are <laughs> uh no right well I am honestly so grateful to you um for coming on and as I said at the beginning this is so important and and I think it's quite brave to talk so vulnerably about experience these experiences that you've been through and and as I've said it's just just what we need it's what everyone needs is to hear people being more honest about these things because it helps us all move through difficult things when we realize you know not everyone is perfect and actually let's just point out you know not everyone on instagram is perfect and i love how the first thing you did was go on instagram and say i'm not perfect like this has happened and i'm making myself accountable that's so raw it's so real and it's yeah we need more of that in the world so thank you for showing up for us all in the way that you have done oh thanks yeah no I was very very touched by the response I get got like I said I wasn't looking for um sympathy but what I did get was quite a lot of um messages from people saying thank you for being so honest um it's made me think about telling my you know partner and I'm gonna do it and you know just it's yeah it it obviously is helpful to talk about these things so you're amazing and actually um let's i will pop this in the show notes but let's remind everyone where they can find you on instagram if you'd like to follow sophie please find her at your instagram handle do remind me sophie is so it's sober underscore soph underscore sober yeah underscore soph underscore yeah. i do follow sophie but i don't think about <laughs> her handle very much no. i can see her on my feed um, so yeah, I'll pop her um, handle in the show notes. 
follow her. She is a gorgeous human being, a sober advocate, a sober inspiration, and a true friend. And yeah, thank you so much for coming on, Sophie. And I will catch up with you very soon. Oh, thanks. See you soon. Lots of love. Thank you so much for listening to me today. If you would like to have the chance of winning a free one-to-one coaching session with me, then I'd love it if you could leave me a five-star review. All you need to do is take a screenshot of the review and send it to me at thrive at coachingbyannika.co.uk and I would love to connect with you. If you would like to connect with me further and you'd like to download my free guide, then please go to my website and you can do that and you'll be added to my mail list. Or if you would just like to book in a free discovery call with me, then you can do so via my email address or through my website. All of these links will be in the show notes. And I hope you have a wonderful, magical, sober week. And I will see you this time next week.